Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Well, you know, I would have done the uh, the marathon today, but there's only about 40,000 people doing it. And I thought, do you know, they're not going to miss me. Nobody's going to say to me, where was Steve doing the marathon? I tried the shorts on. I look ridiculous. I mean, seriously, I've got I've got the worst legs in living memory. I'm not sort of butch enough in that department. I don't run butch. I mean, years ago when I was younger, of course, I was very athletic and I've got medals and cups and things to actually prove that I could get my legs that high and that wide apart to do hurdles and high jump and all the other bits and pieces. But not now. You know, I'm always in awe of people that go out there. In fact, all the people you'll be hearing today on LBC are also not fit. None of them. The whole news desk. Nobody's fit out there at all. You know, you can laugh with them about, you know, going out and doing the marathon. And they look at you blankly with pity in their eyes, thinking there's no chance, Steve, we're ever going to get out there. And also, most of them look bad in clothes anyway. The time you've stripped them down to a pair of shorts and a singlet with a number written on the front of it, I mean, it really is going nowhere, is it? You're a millions... The winner, Jane Park. You remember Jane Park? This is the woman who claims that the money ruined her life. She's now got a story running in the paper today that she's having to flee her house in fear of an acid attack. Which seems to be, you know, the story that's dominated the papers because Fern McCann's ex-boyfriend, Arthur, has been found. That was lucky, wasn't it? They didn't find him anywhere near his house. I mean, he must have been hiding, because otherwise he would have realised that the police were looking for him. In fact, she'd urged him to give himself up. Took days and days and days. That'll not bode well for the future. Uh, and one of the papers, not all of them, is saying that they think she's pregnant by him, which would be very unwise. There are a few people, the ex-Towie lot, who've managed to get themselves pregnant with crims. Let's just call them that, shall we, for the uh, for the purposes of this programme this morning. So, uh, anyway, uh, he'll be appearing in court, no doubt, shortly, and then we'll sort of understand what went on. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't... Uh, I'm too old for nightclubs anyway. One woman, I believe, has been half-blinded already. But uh, what's what's awful about this whole thing is that, uh, you know, she's been going out with him, not for a huge amount of time. Now it's finished. She doesn't want anything more to do with him. And yet, in his house, they discovered guns, a cannabis farm... You know, drug paraphernalia. I mean, I'm assuming they must have hidden this well away from her because otherwise she'd have finished with him ages ago if she'd known about that, wouldn't she? Also, a fur coat worn on the Titanic, uh, not by a rich person, but by one of the um, the waitresses. She put it on because she was cold. She only had her nightdress on, so she put the fur coat on and it was estimated to get about 80 grand. It went for £180,000. A fur coat from the Titanic, proving beyond a shadow of a doubt that anything from the Titanic has still got interest. People are still fascinated by, you know, objects that come up. We've had deck chairs. We've had oh, all sorts of things. It really is. It's, it's still the ship that keeps on giving, even though it's falling apart. Uh, the latest on Madeleine McCann. This is in the light of a story I brought you last week on LBC, which was that an American TV show claimed to have evidence of what happened that night. A load of old cobblers, of course, as you can well imagine. Nobody knows what happened that night. And if they did know about it, they should have gone straight to the police as opposed to withholding evidence. But uh, I don't think there's anything new. Uh, they now say in some of the papers they don't think she was snatched, which goes back to what I said. Nobody knows. We're all guessing. You know, I said, I reckon she woke up like most kiddies. We've all done it. You cast your mind back to when you were little and you wake up in the middle of the night. And I thought this was just a one room apartment, but it's not. Apparently, it's got quite a number of uh, rooms to it, including a kitchen, and everything else. I think she got up to go to the toilet and she either wandered out because kids are half asleep. I've seen kids doing it. 
You know, we all do it when we're young. You end up weeing on the floor, don't you? Because you can't see. You're half, oh, half asleep. And uh, as I say, I'm as much guesswork as everybody else is because nobody knows. I couldn't care less what they say they're going to come up with now. Nobody knows. They're just, it's just purely guesswork. Um, I did like... The, oh, there's a, a story in the paper which I culled from yesterday, which is uh, a woman... Uh, where is she? She's, she's somewhere in the country. I only read it because I got, I got a, a tad annoyed. I do occasionally with stories in the papers. The reason I get annoyed is because I think to myself, you lazy, good-for-nothing little so-and-so. And this is one about... Um, about a woman. Uh, she's called Laura Jack. Uh, Laura Jack is 27. She looks like an ordinary person. But anyway, her fiancé has never seen her undressed. Why? Because she's not happy with her boobs. OK, so um, she does reckon she'll be in a wheelchair in five years due to back and posture problems. She doesn't know this. She's just guessing. Uh, she's five foot. She weighs 14 stone. And uh, she comes from North Shields. And she wants her, her boobs reduced. And the NHS have said, I'm sorry, we're not here for that. We're really not here for that. And uh, so she set up a crowdfunding page so you can pay for her boobs to be reduced. She says, it's my last resort. My life is like a living hell. You know, as opposed to doing what everybody else does, you know, go out and work and save the money. She's expecting you to pay for it. She's, um, I don't know how old she is anyway. She wants to raise five and a half grand... Uh, she says, it's my last resort. My life is a living hell. I've tried everything to lose weight. But if I go running or swimming, people stare and talk about me. In your dreams, love. Nobody's talking about it. They're talking about you now. Talking about you now. I mean, why don't you do what everybody else has? You know, I want a cooker because I want to cook myself beans and chips and everything else. Well, go and buy a cooker. Save up. Do the normal thing. got quite annoyed earlier on everybody talking about £70,000 is, is, uh, is a lot of money. The hell it is. Of course it's not. Don't be so ridiculous. Have you lived in London? By the time you've taken off the tax in London, you're down to about 50 grand. And I'm telling you, much as though if you lived in Tynan Weir and places like that, 50 grand a year would probably go a long, long way. In London, 50 grand... I mean, that's you can't even buy a, a... You can't buy a house for that. In Liverpool, you could buy a road. A complete road for 50 grand. A whole town in Liverpool. Probably buy Liverpool, I should imagine. But in London, you can't buy anything. You know, if you want to go out and buy a car or something like that, it costs money, it costs more to insure it because you're in London. Everything costs more money. Going out to eat costs money in London. You know, just living costs money. I got in a taxi earlier on, and even before I'd gone anywhere, it was £2.50. I even, hadn't even moved. I'm not complaining, I'm just telling you that's what it costs in London. So when people go, 70000 is sort of a lot of money. And then people who are sort of, you know, going, going, oh, well, I think people who earn that much money should give to those people who aren't working. <laughs> Get off your fat bums, get out there and work. I'm sorry, the work shy we don't want anything to do with anymore. It's ridiculous. And are you seriously, seriously, as we go into an election, are you going to be voting Corbyn because he's offered you an extra day's bank holiday? I mean, for, yeah, but not for... I mean, I don't care about Scotland's bank holiday and Wales's bank holiday. and I, I mean, of course, I benefit from the Irish one, but I'll still be working. Who's going to be tempted by that? No, you're going to be tempted by more money in your pocket. That's what you're going to be tempted by. You're not going to be tempted by, oh, we're going to give you an extra day's bank holiday. Ah, sod off, we're not interested. Who cares about a bank holiday? We've got loads of bank... In fact, I sometimes go, not another bank holiday. And so he's go. he thinks that's a winner. He thinks that that's a winning... Th- he thinks people are going to flock 
from the Lib Dems, you know, whether or not they're a party that supports gay rights or not, I suppose, remains to be seen. After sort of Tim came up with this, he couldn't give a straight answer, or a gay answer. He just couldn't give an answer. And then eventually he managed to come up with an answer. Obviously, somebody had a whisper in his ear, listen, mate, you're going to be extraditing and getting rid of half the blasted party if you sort of alienate gay people. That's what gay people joined the Lib Dems for, because it's like a party that welcomes gays. You're not, we know that there's loads of gays in the Tory party. It's just that they, they don't tell anybody till they get married. And then, then they sort of come out and go, actually, you know, I married the wife. But uh, actually, whoopsie. And uh, we all get... In the Labour Party, they are, but they're slightly butcher and more militant. So in every party, they've got them. But what old Valen said was wrong. You know, I, I can't sort of say to you that because we're all sinners. Well, of course, we're all sinners. I'm sinning this morning. You know, I'm working on a Sunday. I shouldn't... Be, if I was a religious person, I'd be going, I'm not working on a Sunday. But, you know, I think you can support a religion and, uh, and support it. That's why I asked about whether or not there were gay people in biblical times. Because if it was mentioned in Leviticus, and frankly, we used to have a poor old woman who used to sort of throw it up every time. It says in the Bible, no, only in the Old Testament and saying in the New Testament, you know, that man shall not lie with man. I mean, you know, and then so you work out based on that, there must have been gay people in biblical times. You know, when people were wandering, the, the shepherds tending their flocks could have been secret gays. They could have been. I mean, the three kings. They came in on camels. They were bedecked, bedecked in jewels. It was early drag. That's what it was, you know. By the time Mary had finished, she could have opened a blooming gold shop with the amount of stuff that she had building up in that, in that crummy old stable. You'd have built the Bethlehem Hilton. You'd have moved into it. Give us the suite. I'm sorry, but you are Mary and Joseph. We want the suite. We've got gold. Stick them in there. Of course. There must have been gay people, mustn't there? Because if God created man... And woman. He must have created gay people and lesbians and he must have created everything. So that's, that's the one I'm going for. I'm going for that one. That there were gays in biblical times. It's just that, I mean, you, you've still got them in other countries. I know in some places it's sort of, it's illegal, which I find very strange in this day and age. Somebody phoned up to say, he said, I can't really believe what I'm hearing in the year 2017, that people are still sort of, you know, anti-gay. And you do, you know, mainly the people who are anti-gay are the people who are gay. They just can't tell their family and friends. Uh, so being in the 21st uh, century, £70,000 per annum is not rich. It's being able to have nice things and live more comfortably, says Barbara. Well, by the time you take the tax off seventy grand, you're going to come down to about, what, 45, 46? Something like that. Which, you know, to some people might be a fortune. But if you want to go out in London, you want to go out every night. I know loads of people. In radio, who say to me, we're getting to the end of the month. Oh, thank God, it's the end of the month. We get paid again. Because people are using all their money up. You know, I don't think 70,000 is a huge amount of money. If it was a million, I could understand that. That would be rich. But I love it when, when you get it. You get the MPs going, oh, 70,000. And you think, well, wait a minute. You're on 90, aren't you? About 90, 75,000. And then there's uh, the other money that comes in if you're running your, your office. About another 25,000 pounds. So how they can do it. It's like Corbyn. 74,000 is basic. I bet, I bet they're all self-employed. I bet they've all got people they're employed. They've got good accountants and everything else like that. Like a lot of people. Like Jimmy Carr. Let's put it in a faraway island. Oops, we've been caught out. Let's bring it back from the far island, shall we? There's been loads of people doing that. whole idea is nobody wants to pay very much tax. It's only us poor radio presenters get clobbered left, right and centre because it's all documented. You know, we don't, we're not exactly trundling to the bank in a wheelbarrow, are we, really? Well, maybe two, two wheelbarrows or something like that. But when you think... And this puts it in context for you that 17 years ago, Chris Tarrant was a million pound a year presenter. A million. But that was 17 years ago. 
A million pounds a year. So when you say 70,000 is a lot of money, it might be in, if you live in the Outer Hebrides, you know, and you're surviving on one, one tin of beans and a tin of chopped tomatoes a week, of which there are various varieties available and very nice they are too. You know, and you bake your own bread, sour bread or something like that. That's quite a 70 grand a year will go a long way. But in, in the real world, with the time you've put, when I look at the bills that go out every month, gas, electric, council tax, maintenance, uh, car tax, car insurance, water. I mean, it's, that, that's seven items already. Seven items already. Car, I mean, the car maintenance alone could run into thousands per year, depending on what sort of car you've got. You know, all of these things add up. So at the end of each month, plus I've got PayPal. Plus, I have a, a credit card. Only the one. Thank you very much indeed. And I do pay it off every month. I don't like to get myself into any financial difficulty. So they go 70 grand a year a lot. No. If you're an elderly person of 90, 70 grand, of course, is a fortune. Because you're not going to live long enough to spend it, are you? You know, if, if you're sort of 20 and you want to live in London, you go, what, what, I'm, earning, I'm earning, say, 70 grand a year. Where can I live in London? Hardly anywhere. Hardly anywhere. You know, flats now cost a fortune. Even round our way, I've told you before, round our way, you know, Twickenham, Richmond, Kingston, two-bedroom flats started about 500,000. Half a million for a box. For a box. You don't even get luxurious rolling gardens down to the Thames. You don't get anything like that. You get a little box, you know, with mainly a kitchen in the sitting room, because that's what they do it now. They call it sort of, you know, open-plan living. It's rubbish. It's called how much can we cram into a smaller space? You know, and you open your door, your front door, onto a corridor. How exciting is that? It's not. Not very exciting at all. So 70 grand, not a lot of money. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, Hilda Rogdon's private possessions from Coronation Street. Her, um, her relatives found them in a wardrobe. They're going to sell them. You'd think that you'd want to keep them, wouldn't you? Frankie Howard's stuff was sold. His toupees, his scripts, everything was all sold. And you think, would you not want to keep stuff like that? You know, your, your memories? Or do you go, listen, we've got memories, we've got DVDs and stuff like that, we don't actually need it. I'd want to keep it. I've still got all my parents' furniture. I wouldn't dream of getting rid of it. I've told my brother, you know, if everybody gets into financial difficulties and you need to sell something, tell me, I'll pay for it. I'm not losing anything that my parents saved hard for. Uh, the new bombshell. Oh, dear, from the Mel B camp. And I use the term advisedly. Uh, the nanny says she was seduced by Mel B. Oh, God. Where does it go wrong? The answer is it goes wrong seemingly every single day. Domino's got into trouble. They were giving away free meals. And um, uh, the gay dad's getting rich from the rent-a-womb uh, thing. I never liked them. I thought they'd gone to live in America. I was hoping they'd disappeared completely. It turns out they're back. Not good news, is it, really? And Harry's styling like Jagger. Just without the talent. It's no good poor old Harry, you know, styling. Oh, I look like Mick Jagger. No, you don't do it. And you don't sound like Mick Jagger either. And Nicole Scherzinger being lined up for Wicked, the film. All of that and more this morning. Plus we take your, you know, I'm being generous. I know you're getting ready for the marathon. I know you're getting ready and you might be running for a really fantastic charity. And so good luck to you for that because it's a long way. And my, my advice is get a bicycle. Seriously, do it on a bicycle. Are there any rules that say you have to do it on a bicycle? No. Do you know where they've done the marathon before? And they do the, we've had the, what did we have before? And it was the, not the Tour de France. It went through London and everybody could join in on their bikes. And I can't remember what it was called. But the one thing that amazed me about the whole thing is that they had, sorry, it could be right, did they have a wheelchair section? I think they might have, I can't remember, whatever it was, there was I think there was a wheelchair section, and it turned out that a, free, a few people in the wheelchair section weren't disabled, 
There is no rule that says you have to be disabled to use a wheelchair in that section of the race. So there were just able-bodied people. Well, the fact you can wrench your arms off, of course, I suppose, is neither here nor there. Uh, George's tribute concert may not go ahead. Why? Because the family won't give permission. They don't need to give permission. You don't need to give permission to somebody. They don't own his copyright, do they? And also, you can put on a show and go, this is dedicated to George Michael. No, just go ahead and do it. 84850, steve at We will take all your texts and emails because I'm feeling in a very generous mood this morning. It won't last. I promise you, but by the time we get to half past six, quarter to seven, I'll have, I'll have completely lost it. I promise you. And uh, why do Essex girls want to go out with bad boys who are in prison? I think Amy Childs' uh, boyfriend, who got her pregnant, is tagged. I mean, you know, either they're very desperate, but uh, the Fern McCann story that she's pregnant is on the front of the sun. She might not be. It might just have been a passing thing where they said she wouldn't mind getting pregnant. Very foolish if she did. Very foolish. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Actually, the more I read, and good morning, it's nice to have your company. Getting ready, are we, for the, uh, for the marathon? <laughs> I'm not doing it this year. Uh, 14 stone, the NHS, Steve, uh, will only consider patients for a bust reduction if your BMI is under 30. Maybe if she lost weight, she'd lose the bust size, says Jane. Yes, I mean, I mean to be honest with you, I think what a lazy person. Lazy person. You know, I need five and a half thousand. We'll save up like normal people. You know, every time... I'm sorry, I need to go out and buy a tin of beans today. Shall I do a Just Giving page and you can donate for my tin of beans? Lazy person. Honestly. And I wouldn't mind, but she's got a fiancé who's never seen her naked, apparently. I mean, why is this of any interest to anybody? Is she hoping to tug at people's heartstrings? God's truth. Go, go out there... Work for a living, you know, that old word, work, bit old-fashioned, I realise. And then then you save a bit of money each week and then you get round to it. It's not going to make any difference. You've been like this for ages, so it's not going to make any difference whether it takes, takes you another six months or a year. Save up the money, you know, between the two of you. Then you get the operation done. Let's sponge off people. Uh, TV's Fern, pregnant by acid fugitive. When this front-page son of the sun was done, they hadn't got Albert Collins. They have now. He was at the other end of the country. It's a bit odd, isn't it? Why would he be at the other end of the country? I mean, he must have read the front pages of every newspaper. I mean, he's not illiterate, is he? He must have realised they were looking for him, yet he went to the other end of the country. Anyway, they've got him. They've got him and they'll be putting questions to him. I feel very sorry for the, uh, the fan of JLS. I'm assuming there are still a fan of JLS out there. Because uh, the boy band uh, fans were going to uh, do a show. Well... They weren't. It was another JLS. This is Jim, Les and Steve. They're a bunch of old rockers. And um, and so JLS fans, who are really bright, went out and bought tickets for Jim, Les and Steve, as opposed to JLS. <laughs> Doesn't kind of make any sense, does it, really? I think it's quite funny. Apparently, they've sold around 500 self-funded CDs. That's Jim, Les and Steve. They were called JLS ten years ago. Then this pop group came along. It became a source of amusement. Yeah, because you're still going and they're not. The reason is that they, they've ceased to sell records. Everything's got shelf life in the pop music business. I'm always interested that people sort of come along and they go, um, oh, right, well, you know, we're going to be pop stars. You see them on the television. Very rarely... You know, do you make that much money in it? Very rarely. There's lots of, lots of, um, lots of uh, littering along the way on the path. Uh, Fern will roll up her sleeves and make the best possible life for baby. This is, I mean, you know, the amount of people now getting pregnant. If Fern McCann is pregnant, you know, if she is, she'd be very unwise. Very unwise to start talking. Her friend says she's devastated and under incredible amount of stress. 
What, 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 what stress would there be, dear? She went out with somebody who was a bad boy. Don't tell me she never knew he was a bad boy. She must have known he was a bad boy. Everybody else knew. Everybody else knew. But the only affray is Essex, because they're all here. They've got Lucy, Lucy Mecklenburg. Do you remember Lucy, who spent most of the time crying in the early editions? Ooh, what's the matter? Ooh. And so it drones on. They're all, they're all a bit childlike. I was watching one the other day. It must have been a very old Towie. They must have started repeating the things, because this was one which appeared to have Billy Fahir's in, and he overmade up uh, poor Sim, Chloe Sims. I mean, seriously, how much makeup can you trowel on one person's face? Anyway, Lucy enjoyed an on-off relationship with, uh, with uh, Mario Falcone, who once assaulted a boy of 11. Uh, anyway, he was pictured appearing to snort cocaine in 2014, later axed by the bosses. Uh, Lauren Goodyear, and, uh, who is uh, dating a jailed thug. This is Joey Morrison, who's not due for release until next year. He was found with £60,000 worth of cocaine. So, charming, isn't it, really? Uh, Daniel Harris and Cara Kilby. Uh, he was jailed for possessing criminal property after cops found £116,000 in a shopping bag. Amy Childs and Bradley Wright. Uh, he's got a criminal record and wears a tag. He used to handle stolen goods and he's got theft and he's also done burglary and everything else. What is it with these people who can't find it? And then Fern McCann goes out with somebody with a track record. I mean, come on, for God's sake. Is that the best? It's probably the best they can find, isn't it, really? You know, you, I mean, if you're Amy Childs, I mean, you know, I mean, I don't think anybody's heard her speak for quite a while. Because, again, she's got like one of those, you know, because no, no, I'm saying. And that's what Chloe Sims was like. Every other word was, you know what I mean? You know, and I'm thinking... And then, then one of the bimbo boys came in, and he was another one who couldn't speak properly either, and I began to wonder whether we should send them all to elocution lessons, so that all the people in Essex... I mean, as well as the, uh, the, the bimbo himbos over in Made in Chelsea, and don't even get me going on the Geordie Shore people, I mean, where they get them from, I've got no idea. Dreadful. Dreadful. Paedophile Adam Johnson is devastated after his partner dumped him for a League One footballer jailed over two nightclub attacks. Fantastic. There must be something about this. It kind of runs, doesn't it? Because was it not uh, paedophile Adam Johnson who was pictured the other day? And did I not ask the question on the programme? So somebody films him in his cell talking about rape and then it gets out to the newspapers. And I said, how does that happen? How does that happen? And then luckily one of the, um, one of the papers picked up on it on Saturday and the prison governors are now, are now looking into how it happened. They must be as thick as planks in prisons. Do you remember, what did we do on the programme three months ago? I said, they're getting drugs in prison with drones and guns and they've got phones and the prison governor, are they? What are you, stupid? Of course they are. They're prisoners. You've got bent prison officers. What are you talking about? There's going to be people who are going to help smuggle things in. That's what people do nowadays. Listen, if you can't stop the bimbo types going out with, with crims, what, what hope? Mind you, I mean, we were so lucky, weren't we, that, you know, some of the, these people could have appeared on reality shows. And then we really would have gone down the slippery slope. Uh, here's a lovely little picture. Oh, the Queen celebrated her birthday. She went to Downton Abbey. It's nice, isn't it? Of course, I mean, it's not as simple as, as you think, because she went with uh, Prince Andrew. Lovely. That'll be riveting. And friends. Lovely. Her friends, I hope, spoke to Hid. But um, uh, the celebrations were organised by John Warren who's Her Majesty's racing and bloodstock advisor, he runs High Clear and is the son-in-law of the late Lord Porchester, the 7th Earl of Carnarvon, close friend of the Queen's. So that's why she went there. 
I mean, if you're going to take her out for dinner, you can't take her to McDonald's, can you? Can't see the Queen sitting down at one of those tables which you can't move. She could go where? Weatherspoons. You can't take her to Weatherspoons. That would be an insult to Her Majesty. She doesn't want to go to Weatherspoons. She'd probably want to go to a TGI Fridays, because I, I reckon she'd like crushed nuts and sprinkles. Don't you? If you had one of those triple-thick milkshakes. How much sucking power she's got at her age, I don't know. I used to find it very difficult in the early days to try and get any milkshakes up a straw. That was the whole thing about McDonald's. They used to say, the milkshakes are so thick, you'll never get them up the straw. And I used to think, why don't you just pour them into your mouth then? What's the point of struggling, sitting there? <sighs> I mean, just me, must dreadful, dreadful. Uh, the ex-nanny to Mel B. I told you it was going to get messy. I said a few weeks ago, in fact, actually more than a few weeks ago, I said this is absolutely going to get really bad. And now the ex-nanny, Mel seduced me at 18. Spice Girl led hubby in threesomes. I mean, it's, it's another world out there. I mean, it really, Myself and Stephen Milne, who you'll have seen on the television on loads of occasions, he does. He's slim. He's sort of He's Australian. He sort of he just looks fit. I was fit. I bet he's not taking part in the marathon either today. He'll probably be sort of just coming off shift and then getting ready to go for another shift, won't you, Steve? But uh, it's, uh, it's there must be a dreadful pressure if you're on television doing the roulette games and jewellery and stuff like that for you to be thin because television makes you look a little bit bigger. So, I mean, I would look ridiculous on television. They'd have to go, I'm terribly sorry, uh, we're finding a thinner person. Then they bring in Stephen Milne. Certainly wouldn't be bringing in Steve Allen, that's a fact. Uh, Steve in London said they finally captured footage of a ghost on Most Haunted. Wow, that is really dull. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, a pretty nice to be company. 27 minutes to six. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. It's marathon day. I know, we all say the same round here. Thank God we're not in it. Stephen Milne's not in it either. He said, no marathon for me. It's always worth watching though, Steve, isn't it? They think there's always something to sort of look out for. As 40,000, I think it's 40,000 people pound the streets. I should be tucking into my uh, scrambled egg on toast. I could, I think they kick off. Is it about eight o'clock this morning? They start running or something. Whatever it is, I'm sure it's fantastically early for the marathon. I was looking at all the, the bump the other day. I've got a whole list of all the runners. I won't bore you with doing the list of the runners. But as long as you know that Steve Allen and Stephen Milne are not in it, you should be should be fine. Nine o'clock, they're going to start running. So I'm assuming people will be up now, because every time I go to Regent's Park, you get people who are running round, taking part in some of the, the runs in Regent's Park, and they will run round the whole circuit to warm themselves up. Me? You know, I'd rather sit there with a cup of tea and a piece of toast. That'll warm me up. Uh, thank you very much indeed, because uh, we had uh, Paul and Yvonne in Manchesterford. He says, thank you for your kind words about my dad, Bill. They lost his dad on Wednesday. And it's, I've always said, and I've said this to numerous people that I've known over the years, it's never easy. It's never, ever easy to lose somebody. You know, I was, I was lucky because, I say lucky, you know, lucky. You lose your parents, but you kind of share it with people, you know, and people wrote in to me and I got loads of it because I'd never been through that before. You know, when you do lose somebody, it, it's a shock. It's because it's not like... You know, they've moved away to another area or they've gone overseas or something like that. It's the fact that you don't you don't see them again. That's it. And so then you have to be very grateful for what you've what you've had. You know, I remember somebody it was very interesting. Because it's funny, funny you should say this, actually, Paul, because I was thinking about this the other day, because when Danny LaRue was dying, the woman who was uh, with him was the woman who made all his dresses and, uh, and beautiful, beautiful gowns they were. But anyway. 
she said to him when he was dying, she said, uh, you're so lucky, she said, you're going to be meeting all those people who you miss in your life. And so that that makes that transition, because it is a transition, you have to say, I remember the, the nurse said to us in the hospice, she said, you have to tell your mum to let go. Because people people cling on. I know it seems ridiculous, doesn't it? But if you feel that you're going, you, you, cling, you don't want to go. But you've got to let someone... I don't know how I'd manage that. I'm not sure how that works, actually, in my mind. But anyway, uh, she said you're going to see all those, all those nice people you've worked with over the years. And so your dad, Bill, will be, you know, with people who formed part of his life. And that's the only way I, I can describe it. The, the vicar at the, at the funeral... Uh, likened it to an oil painting. He said, you're at the back and you come through and all of a sudden it's quite clear. It's a bit fuzzy up until then, but it becomes quite clear. But we've had dozens of messages from friends we've made, all because of you and the show. Too numerous to mention, but they know who they are and we send our thanks and love to each and every one of them. Good for you. Good for you. It's not easy. It never was easy. I can, you know, you can get yourself into into a state, can't you, over something. You just have to think of all the good times. You have to think of all the... I mean, I've got photos of my mum and dad on my site. I still I talk to them. Not every day, but occasionally I look over there and I go, all right, mum? Sounds stupid, doesn't it, when it, was, when it was a long, long time ago, but it makes me feel better. Works for me. Everybody's got their own way of doing things, and, uh, and that's why. So, uh, so commiserations, but never gets, it never gets easy, but it just becomes bearable. Who said that the other day? Nanette Newman. She lost her husband some years ago. And she said, you never forget, but it gets it gets a little bit easier. But you, you never forget. Oh, God, no, I'd never forget. Uh, definitely not. I certainly wouldn't be forgetting any time soon about poor Sharon Osborne. Poor Sharon Osborne, according to the papers, and I take everything with the biggest pinch of salt you can ever see. They now say she's in bits over fears that hubby Aussie is still seeing his hairdresser ex-lover. He would be the biggest fool under the sun! To do something like that. The work that Sharon Osborne has put... I've always said she'd make a fantastic guest for In Conversation. Because I, I always thought she'd be good. Oh, incidentally, I must explain to you about In Conversation. We changed it at the last minute. Uh, it was going to be Alexander O'Neill who's doing the Greenwich Festival. And he's got a few other gigs coming up at the moment. And we recorded the interview on Friday morning the transmission on Saturday morning, we had, let's just call them technical difficulties uh, with the uh, with the interview. So at the last minute, we had to make a decision to pull the interview. Uh, and instead, we ran our good friend David Badil. So you'll hear David Badil this evening with Dorno Porter, but you won't be hearing Alexander O'Neill, mainly because it's impossible to rescue. I mean, if I thought it was possible to rescue, and the producer, who's very good at doing things like that, Mark, if he thought it was possible to rescue, we would have done it. But sadly, um, it's, uh, it, it's not possible. So you just have to... One, one of these days I'll write a book and tell you the story. Because <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure you'll smile like we didn't. Uh, 22 minutes to six. Seems to be an increase in acid attacks lately. Uh, I can't understand how do you get rid of... How do you get acid into a, a nightclub? I've got no idea. <coughs> I've got no idea. I'm assuming... And I'm a bit naive on this, so I have to hold my hands up and say, I don't know. I'm assuming you take it in in a spray. I mean, that, that's what I'm thinking. I don't, I mean, I really don't know. And also, I don't know what sort of acid. There's a, there was a woman, a picture in the paper the other day, and she's got burn marks on her face. 
They, they thought it was water, as you would. You're standing in a nightclub and if this stuff comes down, you think, oh, it's somebody throwing water or beer or something like that. It was only when it started burning their face that they suddenly realised that it was acid. I don't know how you take it in. Very lax security. But then what are you taking it in? Uh, also, who carries acid? I mean, you know, I have to be honest, I've checked my pockets and I don't carry acid anywhere. I've got, no, you got any, Julian? Any acid with you this morning? Not today. OK, see, it might, might be in the future, you never know. But, um, no, we, we, we don't carry it. What sort of people carry acid? I don't even want to think about it. I do not even want to think about it. Uh, more on the... Uh, I know everybody's looking forward to the, um, to the election and everybody's getting very excited about who they're going to be voting for. And people have said to me... Because, surprisingly... Even though he's so far behind in the polls, it's almost an embarrassment, Jeremy Corbyn. You still find people who phone up and go, I'm a big Jeremy Corbyn supporter. If, of course, you don't support Jeremy Corbyn or you question, as Andrew Castle did the other day, and, uh, and asked one, one person, I think it was an MP, um, you know, how, how do you sort of get away with going onto the doorsteps and try to explain that you're there to sort of, you know, support Corbyn. And somebody wrote in and complained about it, saying, why would you ask that question? He said, it's a perfectly normal question to ask. Jeremy Corbyn is way back in the polls. I mean, frankly, he's in another country. You know, to rescue himself. It's no good him going, well, at one point I was 200 to 1 on whether I would be leaving the Labour Party. That was years ago. Obviously, things have changed. Because, as I said earlier on in the beginning of the programme, I don't think people are going to change allegiance just because somebody's given them four extra bank holidays. I mean, blimey, if that's how easily swayed you are. Imagine if we said you're going to get a chocolate bar as well. Imagine! Free chocolate bar or a kebab. And the answer is, you know, I, d- I tell you what, two kebabs and a Kentucky Fried Chicken hot wing. How about that? And a Jaeger bomb. There you go. And a Ye- Which, in case you don't know, a Jaeger bomb is a drink. Just in case you thought it was anything else. Uh, posh young farmers uh, out there. I quite like uh, the farmers. Didn't they have The Farmer Wants a Wife? It was a television programme some years ago. And uh, they found all these farmers and they couldn't find women. Not at all surprised. Who wants to go around smelling a pool all the time? I mean, that's not very exciting, is it? Sticking around up cows' bottoms and stuff like that. And then they go, I'm looking for a wife. Show me your nails. You know, and you sort of... And so... And I thought it was quite nice. But anyway, they all went out the other day. And uh, they uh, they were having a, an annual booze up, five thousand of them. So if your milk is late on the doorstep this morning, it'll be that down to this lot. Five thousand young farmers. Some trekked, some tandem cycled. They wore jokey t-shirts, and uh, they were entertained by Radio One DJs. Rivetingly exciting, rivetingly exciting. So, are they still doing those gigs? So funny, isn't it? Really? I quite like it, the Radio 1 DJs. <laughs> Have you noticed? Now, I've got a trick for you. This is a trick. This is an old trick which they've actually seen um, Victoria do, and now her mother's doing it. If you want to look slimmer, you have one hand behind your back and one hand going down your leg. So it makes you look slimmer because you've lost an arm kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? So you've got... No, it looks like this. OK, so you've got one hand here and one hand behind your back. Does that make me look slimmer? Answer carefully. Answer ca- the screen's in the way. Thank you. But that, that's, that's apparently how it works. It makes you look thinner for photos. It's like you, you see a lot of photos of sort of page three bimbets and they'll be sort of looking front but turning over their shoulders because that takes away all the lines and everything else. So you're looking over your shoulder. Or failing that, if the camera's in front of you, look to the left. You get a much better picture. I learned that from Frank Sinatra.
He didn't tell me. I saw a picture of him doing it. I remember thinking, I wonder what he's looking at. Good luck to all the uh, the marathon runners today, Steve. Yes, good luck to everybody. Even those who'll still be running when this programme's finished and I'm back in tomorrow. They'll still be plodding round. Plodding round. Uh, Tracy says, uh, we're on the south coast. Getting ready to head up for the marathon. We've just made our in-case-of-terrorist-incident action plan. How sad. Please wish Claire luck. She's awesome. And Grace says, uh, I lost my mother three years ago next month. And as you say, it's never easy. No, of course it's not. It's not. It's, it's them that you feel sorry for, really, rather than yourself. There's no point in feeling sorry for yourself. because It doesn't work like that for me. You, you can, you know, because my mum was young, my dad was even younger. I think my dad was only 55. So that was, uh, so I've actually passed that bit. That was a bit of a relief. I got quite worried thinking, I don't know, does it run through through the family? Uh, Rogue landlords still to come. Uh, A sickening new trade. They rent rooms out, but the girls who rent the rooms out have uh, have got to have sex with them. Isn't that called prostitution? There's one here, room wanted for 22-year-old female. Hi, says Lisa. I'm a 22-year-old female looking for a free room in London just for short term. I'm hoping to be on my feet in a month or two. Please help, if you can, spare a room for a young girl in need. And uh, there's another one here uh, who, who replied. That, that, that was the advert that they actually put in on, on the website. And then somebody wrote back and went, Hello, I'm 35, single, white male, six-foot athletic build, fit, clean, healthy, based in Finchley Central, can offer you free accommodation... In return for a regular massage and help with cleaning. The other one says, Hello, Lisa. It's OK if you can't pay. I only have a room share with me available. Do you mind keeping me company while you stay with me? When would you want to come in? Do you have a WhatsApp number so we can discuss more? And then somebody wrote, Hi, possibly not ideal for you, but looking for an adult arrangement involving occasional exchange of intimacy, bed sharing sometimes. God. Slightly disturbing, isn't it? Slightly disturbing, ladies and gentlemen. What the kind of thing? Don't answer any of those sort of adverts, dear Lord above. Uh, still to come, the chaos as the takeaway opens. Uh, Domino's gave away free meals. Well, they don't do meals, they do pizzas, don't they? Do they do anything else at Domino's? Is it just pizza? Something like that? You're bound to know. See, I knew you'd know. Garlic bread. You see, I've never ordered from Domino's in my life, but I knew that you at that age would know exactly what... You probably know the entire menu, don't you, I should imagine... What would you have? A thin and crispy? Would it be thin and crispy? Or do you do... Do they do a stuffed crust, as it were? Oh, you you think they do a stuffed crust? No, you either... Yeah, it's been a while, has it? I bet you're more, more familiar with the kebab shop menu. Would you be... No... Oh, you wouldn't do that. Oh, right, I've got a one-star hygiene rating. Oh, dear. That's not good, is it? Ladies and gentlemen, if you go into a kebab shop and it's only got a one-star rating, get out quick as possible. It means it's dirty. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Sunday. I wish I could get into the marathon spirit. No, I mean, I, I, I seriously wish I could, but I'm not fit enough. And uh, I'm not that sort of... But around here, I'm, they're, they're obsessed with going to the gymnasiums. My big boss goes to the gym all the time. But he's still getting over the shock the other day of meeting William and and Harry and Kate. And you couldn't wipe the smile off his face. I don't think I've ever seen anybody looking so happy in my entire life. I love the headline on the front of Notebook. I think it's the Sunday Mirror magazine. It's got a picture of Rylan. Difficult to tell where the makeup starts with Rylan or finishes. He says, uh, I miss being normal. I wish I could just have one day a year without somebody going, oh, look who it is. Oh, don't worry, darling. Soon. Soon it'll happen. 
And uh, as, as they say here, be careful what you wish for. You know, as fast as it starts in this business, it's gone. OK? And then all of a sudden people go, oh, weren't you on television once? Very rare do people get uh, long careers on television, especially sort of, you know, people who don't really have any particular talent. They're just, they're just camp for the sake of being camp. Uh, inside... Ten years on top, Scotland Yard cop investigates the night Madeleine McCann disappeared. She'd be 13. She'd be 13 coming up. And they wouldn't have any idea what she looked like. Uh, they have no idea where she went. Uh, they've got, you know, what may have happened. Well, we can all take a guess, OK? Top of the list would be a spacecraft comes down and whisks her away. Uh, failing that, she wandered out, was maybe hit by a car on the road, because it's quite close to the road, this, uh, this Pride de Luge thing. And uh, and then somebody went and buried her or whatever. We don't know. That, that's the thing. We do not know. We're just we're just guessing. And that's all the police can do because they don't know either. There's no CCTV footage. There were no uh, nannies or people looking after the children. They were just there and they went. I don't believe she was taken by anybody. Why would you just wander into somebody's room? So the room wasn't locked. You know, why, why would somebody just wander into a room and take one one child? You know, I don't, I don't quite understand that. And, and I don't think anybody else knows that either. I seriously don't think people have got the faintest idea. So what, what they do is they just sort of, they sort of make stuff up because that's all you can do. And eventually, you know, they might come up with something and people will say, ah, really, it's because uh, this, this and this, uh, you know, happened. And because that, they don't know. They've taken dogs over there, dogs who are specially trained to sniff things out. You know, one of the coppers was saying the other day, or one of the people involved in the investigation, was saying they think she was uh, murdered. For what reason? They don't, they don't have any idea. She was buried, but now they've, uh, they've removed her and put her somewhere else where she can't be found. Where does this come from? Probably a night's drinking, I should imagine. Uh, the Corrie Star family will sell Hilda's overall curlers and headscarf. This is the housewife's uniform. This is Hilda Ogden. She was famous for, for wearing her curlers in all the time. She kept them as a reminder of the character she kept for 23 years and uh, attached the handwritten label Hilda's Curlers, Headscarf and Pinny. Niece Sonia, who found the item, said she'd kept them carefully at the top of the wardrobe. They belonged to her mother, uh, my grandmother. Jean was not an overly sentimental person, but obviously they were linked to her mum and a link to her character. So they're going to sell them. You'd think they'd want to keep them, wouldn't you, really? You know, something that's iconic as that. But, uh, you know, what people are like nowadays. I like the idea. This is not the first time I've heard of this. You know, you go to one of these all-you-can-eat buffets. You know, you go there and they go, it's all-you-can-eat. We used to have one down here. It was rubbish. All-you-can-eat for £4.50, but the food was dreadful. So, luckily, it closed ages ago. And um, and so, mainly, they're about fifteen ninety nine, and you order the food and out it comes. Anyway, in this particular buffet, when you go there and you order all your food... Um, if you don't clean your plate, they charge you. Oh, yes, yes, yes. It's clearly written. Clearly written. So a trip to an all-you-can-eat buffet went from sweet to sour. It's a clever little play of words there. I know, I know. And uh, what they did, they pushed aside their unfinished cold and overcooked mains. The staff swooped and clung on to the local trio until the police arrived. Oh, yes, they called the police. Speaking about the incident, filmed on a mobile phone, Mr Hussey said, we left the table and as I walked to the door, the manager was standing there as I was going to leave. He said, we couldn't go as they'd called the police because we'd left some food. The chef took hold of my arm and twisted it behind my back. He and his group had been targeted by the restaurant staff after they began leaving food and went up for more when they dined on Tuesday. 
Mr Hussey said I was jostling and shouting a bit because it was in front of a crowded restaurant and it was humiliating. Starford Wings restaurant in Hull held the trio until the police arrived. Officers sided with the restaurant and they said you have to pay an extra £15 for wasted food or face arrest and a £90 fine. Blimey. Humberside police spokesman said police were called to a restaurant shortly before 8pm. But uh, Wings, when they were contacted, said the police have already sorted the situation out. We have no comment. So just be warned, if you go to Wings and you don't finish your food, because people pile it high, don't they? And then they go, oh, I feel like something else now. I think people tend to think that because it's Chinese and because there's lots of it, that you can leave it. So they end up having to throw it away, which is a bit pointless. Only take what you can eat. And they were obviously a little bit leery. And so they had to pay the 15 quid which actually is cheaper than the £90 fine they would have got had they been arrested. So they've been told. I've seen that on a number of restaurants. We went to one ages ago, a couple of years back, and we had exactly the same. It said the same thing there. You know, you will be charged if you leave food because it's wasteful. Only take what you can eat. It's like the all-you-can-eat breakfast, isn't it? You go... I mean, I did go for an all-you-can-eat breakfast. Actually not. It was six items. And I have to be brutally honest with you. I went yesterday. I thought I was, I was shopping around, and I call into Squires, the garden centre, and they do six items for £4.50, which, you know, seems OK to me. And I did want, because if you remember, my big dream is to have some fried bread. And fried bread. And so and, and I said, I'll have some fried. I have two pieces of fried bread, beans, bacon and two sausages. That was £4.50. The sausages were decidedly uninteresting. The beans wasn't really a big enough portion of them. The bacon was a bit naff. But the worst of all was the fried bread. I think somebody's cooking it. So, of course, when it sits on the hot plate, it dries out. The whole thing about fried bread is that it doesn't dry. This was like, I mean, you could have hammered nails in with this. It was just ridiculous. You put your knife in it and the thing just crumbled. Like it was sort of, you know, poppadoms. It was equally bad, just a rather thick poppadom, a little bit sort of darker brown. Because you have to do it so it's not burnt or too brown, so it remains soft and supple. That's how you make fly- fried bread. I'm surprised nobody had actually said to them, you know, um, can I have some proper fried bread, not this stuff here. You don't just do it until it turns golden brown. It's, it's just ridiculous. Uh, so anyway, so that was a bit disappointing, but, you know, the rest of it was OK. And uh, there's always a queue for everything, isn't there? Uh, the last Holy Communion, then a lethal injection. This was the person who got executed the other day. Uh, this is over in Arkansas. Uh, he didn't want a last meal. They always offer him a last meal. Why you'd want to eat a last meal? I so you're going to execute me, and I can have what? All oh, right. Uh, um, okay. Oh, um, I don't know what I want actually. I'll have roast beef and Yorkshire pudding and I'll have this and that and all the rest of it. And fried bread. It's got to be done properly. If it's not done properly, I'll keep sending it back till it's right. And they're going, listen, we're supposed to be getting on with this lethal injection. I'm not until I've had my fried bread. Because otherwise it's a bit pointless, isn't it? So you go to your sort of your maker. I realise that all these people have committed heinous crimes and that's why they're executing them. That That's the point of it. They, they've got ten people, I think, to execute. And... Um, and, and they're going to do it. So they did the first one the other day. And then I think they might have done another one already. I mean, personally, as I've said to you before, much as though half of me is in favour of a death penalty, the main half of me is saying it doesn't work. It's not a deterrent. Nobody's going to... You know, you think seriously, if you've got a death penalty... They've got a death penalty over there. Does it stop any of these people committing crimes? No, of course it doesn't. They still commit crimes because if you're that kind of mindset, you're going to do it. And... Yes, and figures suggest 
It costs more to execute somebody than do prison for life. You always get the people outside, though, don't you, with sort of the banners walking up and down, up and down. What's the Green Mile? What's the Green Mile? That'll be very interesting. See, for those who will no doubt message in to ask about the London Marathon music, um, it's the... Tra- I know what it is. It's the trap. I've done it every year. Not telling me anything I don't know. It's Ron Goodwin's... It's a lovely... I never saw the film. Strangely enough, it had Oliver Reed and Rita Tushingham. But the, uh, the film music was lovely. The Trap. Just go to YouTube, type in The Trap uh, by Ron Granger. I think it came out about 19... 19... Was it 1966, Paul? I think so. Was, uh, the music was great. I love the music. I wanted to incorporate it into one of my shows, but it just didn't seem to fit it. So it was 66, was it? Well, maybe I was right. <laughs> he says, 12 years since we lost Mum, and often have a chat with her photo like you. I, I just do it all the time. I don't think anything about it. I don't think it's peculiar. I don't think it's odd. Only because, at the end of my mother's life, you know, when you're sitting... Well, you probably don't know, but if you've been in that situation, you're sitting with somebody who's in a bed and there. They've got a little machine on them, and every so often it keeps going... And that's putting morphine in to stop pain or anything like that. But ultimately, you die of the morphine, I think. That's how it works. And they always say, the nurses were always saying to me, you can keep talking to her. She can hear... She won't be able to respond. And you think, that's bizarre. How do they know this? How do they know that? So, of course, you do talk to somebody. But you never know what to say, do you? You never know what to say to somebody at the end of their life, apart from, listen, you've done a fantastic job. You know, my mother had already spoken to us about how she expected things to uh, to pan out. And I think she'd be fairly pleased. 100 years after the revolution, they go and visit a royal shrine. They visit the royal shrine in uh, in Russia. I don't know if you've ever seen the film about the Russian Revolution and about the uh, the Tsar. This is Tsar Nicholas II. This was 1914. His wife was Alexandra. Uh, they had their daughters and uh, and a son as well, who was uh, disabled, and um, the Bolsheviks didn't know what to do with them, so they were moved from pillar to post. And in the end, they were called down in the early hours of the morning. They said, right, you're, you're leaving. So they took them down into the cellar and uh, the man came in and then the door opened and they were shot dead. The whole family. They were thrown down a well and they poured acid on top of them. Then their bodies were removed later. And uh, years later, they found the, uh, the spot and they've marked it with a cross. It's in the, uh, in the papers. And uh, watch the film. Because it's uh, it's very very interesting part of uh, part of history. Coming up to the news at six o'clock. It's Sunday morning. It's Marathon Day. It's sort of Marathon Day and everything else day, isn't it? Because the weather yesterday was decidedly peculiar. Um, what have we got? Britain's Got Talent comedian, his uh, gay porn past. Oh, honestly, gets worse. Nicole Scherzinger's being lined up for Wicked, the film. Will anybody be voting for Corbyn, even with extra bank holidays? George Michael's house may become a museum. The family think that could be a museum, and people would love to go round there, wouldn't they? But people would start pinching things. You know what they're like. But they're also saying now they don't think that the concert will take place because the family are not keen on it. The Titanic fur coat raised £180,000, and North Korea's nuclear headquarters is on Gunnersbury Avenue in Ealing. You lucky people. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. That's cute, isn't it? Getting married on the Cutty Sark at 7.30, and then she's running the race. Wow! Imagine the vicar's going, what time? 7.30, are you mad? 
That's quite nice. I mean, will she be running in a in her veil and everything else, or is she just running normally? I don't know. I think that's quite cute, actually. Mind you, she's got the publicity, hasn't it? That's all she wanted, the publicity. Um, uh, more on the uh, the revolution and the uh, the problem that they had. The Bolsheviks had this dreadful problem with Tsar Nicholas II and the family. They, they were taken away and uh, they were taken to this... It was called, actually, I think, the, the House of... There was a name for it, actually. Um, they went there with their children, Titania, Olga, Maria, Anastasia... Uh, and Alexei, who was heir to the Russian throne. Anastasia was a very interesting story because they found a woman in the middle of a forest years and years and years ago, and she claimed that she was Anastasia. She claimed that she had survived the shooting because the shooting uh, of the family taken down to the cellar, and I think they thought... Well, I hope they thought that they were going to be taken on to somewhere safe and then they would then go into exile uh, as opposed to being murdered there. The problem is it took 20 minutes to kill them all uh, with the guns because the girls, uh, the children, wearing so many jewels sewn into their clothes, they acted as bulletproof vests. So it took an awful long time to actually uh, execute everybody. But they've, uh, they've got this memorial at the monastery of the... Uh, of the Holy Martyrs. And I remember the the Tsar's remains in 1998 were uh, taken out by the Russian soldiers and they were re-buried. I mean, it was a part of history that was deeply, deeply unpleasant. Deeply, deeply unpleasant. And uh, it was a a, a story that was made into a film. I think it's probably been made into quite a number of films. Quite horrendous, actually. Quite horrendous. Other stories on the uh, the programme. Uh, The Woman Who Wants the Breast Reductions... I think we've dealt with her enough, actually. I've decided, if, if people want something doing nowadays, are they, have we turned into this very lazy nation where we go, um, uh, give me some money and I'll do it. I want my breasts reduced. Obviously, her BMI is so high that they're not, they're not going to do this operation on the NHS, but they've said you can pay for it, about £5,500. So as opposed to her saving up for it or going to borrow the money, uh, she's decided she's just going to ask somebody to come and pay. And so she's sort of put up one of these pages where people don't... Who would seriously be donating to something like that? That doesn't encourage people to get out there and work, does it? My parents always told me, and we go back to the parents again, that, you know, if you want something, you save up for it. It's very easy now, isn't it, to go out. If you want a, a washing machine or a television, they offer you credit. You can get credit. And, uh, and I was always taught, no, save up for it so you own it. So I don't have any extended credit on... On anything. But years ago, people had it on... the. T- no, no, I pay cash for my mobile phone. I've always bought my mobile phones. I never do... Uh, I don't do... Uh, I, do a, I do a contract, I think. I can't remember if I do a contract. But anyway, but, it, but it's mine. I own the phone. Simple as that. I don't, do, I don't do extended credit or anything like that. I own my car. I own my televisions. The only thing I've got a little bit left on is my mortgage, but it was a small mortgage to start with. Uh, my perfect Sunday, who would this be? Oh, Danielle Lloyd. We remember Danielle Lloyd, don't we? Over the Shilpachetti in, uh, incident. I never cease to remind her of it. You know, once racist comments, always racist comments. And here's a picture of Matt Smith clowning around with uh, his co-star in The Crown, Claire Foy. Oh, I, was, I think once people start messing around hitting each other, I think that's a sign of affection. I know they all say it isn't. I promise you, if you're sitting at the table and you're having a glass of wine and everything else, and then you start, you know, smacky, smacky. It's just, it's a way of touching somebody. 
isn't it? It's actually a way of sort of getting getting away with touching somebody and pretending it's under the guise of you're silly and all this kind of thing. Uh, Fern was planning baby. It's funny. Th- this is what the Sunday Mirror is saying. The uh, the son is saying she's pregnant by uh, Albert Collins, who's just been arrested by the police uh, in connection with this uh, alleged acid throwing in a nightclub. Something which we've never heard of before. But I've heard... But you're right, actually. A number of you have written in to me saying that you're, you're quite right. There are a number of incidents, really, where we're talking about acid being thrown uh, and in people's faces and stuff. You just can't quite get on uh, over it, can you, really? Uh, voting intentions. Conservatives, 50%. Labour, 25%. Lib Dems, 11 And UKIP, 7 so, uh, and as you've heard already on LBC, you heard it first, Nigel Farage said he is not going to be standing, just as well he's lost everyone up until now. So 50% would vote for the PM. That's the highest Tory figure since 1991. This is in the mirror. This is in the mirror. So obviously people think, I think, and somebody put this the other day, and I'm sure it was on LBC, that they think the next leader of the Labour Party could be a woman. And they weren't talking Yvette Cooper. That's what they think. What are the most important issues in the election? The most important issue appears to be the NHS. The second one is Brexit. Third one is the economy. Then immigration. Then national security. Way down the list at 24. I thought that would be in top of the list. Uh, And then austerity. Um, And so that's it. Interesting, isn't it? that uh, 50% would vote for the Prime Minister and only 25% would vote for Corbyn. I think because Corbyn is is one of these people who's still doing the old Labour manifesto. He's still doing the them and us, us poor people and those rich people over there. I think that's what he's, he's doing. And I'm sort of thinking and... Um, Sorry, I was just laughing at a text I've just received. Because I just said Fern was uh, pregnant, Phil Vickery, and said to me, he said, I just woke up. He said, and heard you say that Fern was pregnant. He said, I, I, I woke up quite quickly. <laughs> I know. How would I know these sort of things? How would I know these things? Nice, uh, nice to have your company on a, on a Sunday morning. So that's what I think. I think that's the old-fashioned side of the Labour Party. I think it needs somebody younger. Because he's, he's the old dinosaur from, you know, it's the them and us. It's sort of, it's the red flag flying. It's a bit Michael Foote, who I liked. Uh, I just think that they need to bring themselves up, up to sort of speed in the modern world. You know, not this them and us kind of thing. You know, there's us poor working class people. There's no such thing as working class. It doesn't exist. It went out donkeys years ago. Everybody's Everybody's aspiring. I mean, some of the working class got more money than the middle classes. So they go, what do you do? I'm working class. How much do you take home a year? About 70 grand. What are you doing? Driving a train. All right. That's working class, is it, nowadays? It is working class. People can make as much money. There's no, there's no limits to it at all. Look at the working class people on the reality shows. What do you think they're earning? I mean, let's face it, even third-rate, very average comedians like Noel Fielding are about as funny as dirt. Seriously, I've seen him. What a boring person. He turned over 300k last year. 300,000. All the working class... Comedians, they're turning over millions. Working class? What do you mean working class? There is no working class. Uh, the slow nightly for the ITV chat show finale. Thank God that's finished. 
Let's put the thing out of its misery. That should have been put down at birth. It was dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. You know, I mean, it, it got 6% share as host Dermot O'Dreary interviewed John Cleese. I mean, they had 2.9 million when it started. David Walliams killed it stone dead. Why? Unfunny. Unfunny. John Bishop, unfunny. It's a difficult thing to do. What you're doing is you're taking people out of their comfort zone and expecting them to do something that they're not comfortable with. They cannot stand there and deliver monologues. Even Dermot O'Dreary looked uncomfortable reading somebody else's words. This is the funny thing. and It doesn't work. The Americans do it better. The Americans do it better. 50-50 chance of... Um, of uh, a concert for George Michael. They say here, give George a proper goodbye. He's buried. What do you mean, give him a proper goodbye? He's been buried. George Michael had a fantastic life. He was generous. He found lots of lovers. He, um, he enjoyed his sexuality. He did everything. There was nothing that George Michael didn't have. He had his houses. He had his boyfriends. He had his extracurricular. You know, he doesn't need a, a proper goodbye... Because we didn't own him. He owned himself. He'd be sitting up there on his cloud going, you're so right, Steve. You're so right. He owned himself. He didn't need to have anybody else around him. You know, the fans going, oh, we need to do that. No, you don't. We don't own somebody. Didn't take him long to open Prince's Place, though, did it, as a tourist attraction? <laughs> really didn't take too long. Interestingly enough, we've got the Red Light Devils here. And these are the Man United Stars cars flouting signals. They say cars owned by Luke Shaw and Daily Blind have been filmed blatantly jumping lights at a death crash junction. And so they've, sort of, they've, they've, they've got pictures of it, of a car going over red lights. But as you and I know, footballers are a law unto themselves, if indeed they were even driving their cars at the time. But um, they had no, no response. Manchester United's press office said that Shaw and Blind had not yet been asked about the incident and insisted they'd be making no comment. They don't do anything, do they? Because they're just money machines now. That's all these, these uh, football clubs are. They're money machines. They turn over millions. Millions. Of, if only I'd learnt to play football. If only. Unfortunately, I, um, I didn't. I didn't do anything like that at all. I should have done, shouldn't I? If I'd learned to play football. I did the athletics side of it, but there was no money in athletics at all. There's only money in uh, in football. Uh, talking television, Paul O'Grady's going to be doing it. Um, because apparently the person doing it has got herself pregnant, so Paul's doing it. Love Paul. He has said he won't do another chat show. He said that he doesn't like chat shows at all. He just he, he just didn't enjoy it at all. But he uh, he's been filming Blind Date. He said, and before we started, I watched an episode of Scylla Black doing the show on YouTube. Brought back quite a lot of memories. So uh, he would be the only person who could ever do Blind Date. They were thinking about Vicky Patterson, weren't they? <laughs> Absolutely not. You know what? Somebody who can't present. That's the trouble with these things. You know, if, 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 you, if, you, if you want an idiot to come in and do it, pick a reality show person. Because they don't contribute anything at all to programmes. They've got nothing to, got nothing to say. Because they're boring. They're flat. They're one-dimensional. You only had to watch, was it Celebrity Juice with Bobby Cole Norris the other day to realise what the word boring and dull means. Dreadful. Dreadful. Uh, also, the papers, I know what you mean, Ari. This is Frank Bruno backing the prince over mental health because uh, Frank has suffered, as we know. Also, Pizza Hunt have signed up to the campaign and uh, a mum snares a man who duped her into sending pictures. Why I hired a detective to find the true identity of a man who conned me online. And um, so he's here. But you, you've got lots of people like that. I always think, you know, don't, don't send pictures of yourself to anybody. 
If somebody's picked up my phone, I don't know where you find these people anyway, and said, you know, would you like to send some nude pictures of yourself? <laughs> I'd stop, when I'd stop laughing, I'd be going, that was so ridiculous. Nude pic, what for? And yet, here they are, you know, well-known people, minor Z-list celebrities and people who are just ordinary, who, uh, who decide they want to take their clothes off and send pictures, and then somebody puts it up online and shares it with everybody else. And you think, don't do it. Don't do it in the first place, please. Quick time check for you. Come on, if you're getting ready for the uh, marathon. Have you done a warm-up? Should we do a warm-up in a minute? No, I didn't think so. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. 6.20, Sunday morning, TV life. I love the uh, colour supplement. It's got all sorts of bits and pieces. Charlotte Crosby's fashion range. Always hilarious. Uh, now they've got Sam Fahir's I Want to Make It in Hollywood. Yeah, right, dear. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think not. I think not. it's very sweet of you to at least make the effort, but it's not going to be happening for you, as you can well imagine. They've got a million and one people like you. Seriously, they've got loads and loads of people. Uh, Sylvester Stallone, dad of five, has become a baby guru to Jason Statham. Uh, also, uh, Victoria Beckham says she's proud to be British. She thinks so, too. I'd be surprised if she didn't say that she's proud to be uh, British. Landslide fear as Jez is Trump 2-1 to one by Rampant May. They say Tories set to eclipse uh, the 97 Blair win. Surely things can only get better now for Labour. I don't think so. Although Corbyn, somebody writes, Tony, says uh, it reminds me of Michael Foote. He has this sort of aura. Yeah, but I just think he's steeped in the past. I think that's the trouble. I don't think he's, I don't think he's modern enough. If he's still doing this... this turgid old line, even for die-hard Labour supporters of going, you know, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. It's a load of old codswallop, it really is. And then somebody who phoned up Matt Stadlin, and I'm assuming was phoning us from a hospital or something, saying that people on 70 grand should be paying like 70% tax. What a fool. What for bone-idle people who just can't get off their bums and get to work or not? What do, where is this jealousy? All Corbyn promotes this sort of jealousy. You know, you're supposed to be jealous. I mean, do you seriously think the rich are going to be handing over any money to people on Benefit Street? No, of course not. Why not? These people on Benefit Street can get off their fat bottoms and get out there and do a day's work. Not difficult, you know. Loads of people are getting up to do a day's work. All these people are getting up to do the marathon. I bet you the, I bet you most of these people be people who are out there every day of the week doing the marathon, running. They've probably got jobs as well that they hold down. I'm guessing on that side of it. I'm guessing, but I'm thinking really, you know, if you're, if you're on Benefit Street, the TV programme, you ain't going to be taking part in the marathon anytime soon. George's tribute concert may not go ahead. Family yet to back the gig. They don't need to back the gig. You can do a tribute concert. His record company can do one quite easily. Uh, Dame Esther Ranson, who's organising the event, is due to have a make-or-break meeting with him on Thursday. And uh, they say there's just a 50-50 chance of it going ahead. God, we're not letting her organise. She's over, she's over 90, isn't she? What are we letting her do it for? They don't say, actually. Charity pal and TV host, Esther Ransom. What does she know about putting on pop concerts? Does she even know any of George's songs? I bet she doesn't. Go on, go on, Esther, sing them. Sing, sing his pop songs. She can't do. But anyway, uh, she's 76. She's hoping it will be held at the Royal Albert Hall in October. Yeah, right. But you don't need to ask. Why do you need to ask the family? Just do it. Just do it. Porn past of copycat comic. This is uh, a bloke called um, Adam Keeler. He worked for a firm specialising in men-only adult material while, while he was bidding to break into show business. Oh, dear. He's apparently on, uh, on all sorts of things, which we can't go into on this programme. Why? Because we're a family programme. And uh, I don't want to talk about things like that. 
Uh, Pippa plans for Glastow wedding. Utes and burger vans, part of the festival theme big day. Class. Isn't that funny? Sort of the rich people always go, oh, should we have a burger van? It'll be so exciting. Okay, and then and then everybody could have a burger. Pippa, you could have, like, a burger, double cheeseburger with onions. And we're all going, oh, blimey, come into the real world. Please come into the real world. Uh, Fern and Lover were planning to have baby. Uh, boyfriend on run. No, that's why all the papers are out on this one. Uh, because that happened yesterday. He is, uh, he's been uh, caught. And also the Madeline Fund has been slashed. Because we're going nowhere. We're not going anywhere with this Madeline Fund. It's a lot of money. It's, it's running about... I think £12 million so far. Uh, I mean, at the probe's peak in 2012, Scotland Yard spent £2.75 million. For what? For nothing. We have nothing. I mean, we have nothing. It's as simple as that. Very difficult. Uh, Dean Enders, his bad ways. Yes, they're bringing back Dean Gaffney. Obviously, you know, perhaps he wrote a letter to them saying, please, can I come back? I haven't had any work since. Because he's popped up in a couple of things. But... Um, He's been out with all these girls. He's been out with Lindsay Dawn. He's obviously got a certain type he likes. When you look through them, uh, you've got uh, Lindsay Dawn Mackenzie, Michelle Daniels and Alicia Duval. I mean, dear Lord, when does her name not crop up? I mean, not for ages, actually. Nobody's really bothered about poor old Alicia Duval. I think her uh, staff fizzled out ages and ages ago. Also, imported cans of Heinz baked beans were found to contain twice as much salt as the identical-looking UK ones. I wouldn't... I didn't know they did different beans. Didn't even know that. Oh, dear. Uh, also, behind the scenes of the sensational finale of Britain's favourite crime drama, Broadchurch scripts were so secret, even I thought I was the rapist. But now I can go down the pub. I never saw it. I never saw... I'm, I'm, seriously, I didn't... Whenever something gets overhyped to the point of its saturation, I don't, I don't have anything to do with it at all. I, I, can't, I can't really be that bothered because I need to commit myself and because of the time I go to bed, it means that I'm just not going to, uh, to sort of get there. Uh, Euro Millions winner uh, Jane Park has fled her home after a troll threatened an acid attack. Um, I hope you've been to the police over this. Apparently, uh, she says that she's had things like... Uh, you don't want to end up with a face like a half-melted welly boot, do you? I go, go, go to the police. This is a woman who said she was going to sue Camelot. She's not the brightest penny in the box. But uh, if you get a, uh, a threat like this, you go straight to the police. OK, simple as that. Um, she, she was complaining about... Um, uh, she was nervous and she's, uh, she's moved to a hideaway in England. She obviously hasn't been to the police yet. Go to the police. That's what they're there for. That's what they're there for. They're there to sort these things out, because if somebody sent you something like that, they can find them immediately and warn them. They very rarely get fined. They're just exposed and named, which is uh, quite enough. Denise Welsh on depression. Uh, also, while the cops are hunting Ferns Feller, the, uh, all the papers have had a look at uh, all the dodgy ones that the cast hang around with. It's Essex. I don't know why we should think that should be any more surprising than anywhere else. But uh, Fern hung around with a bloke who was no good. And uh, now he's being questioned by the police and uh, quite a number of the other ones have got fellas either tagged or they're actually in nick at the moment. Class act, isn't it, really? Perhaps it's, you know, perhaps they're naive. Perhaps they're just incredibly naive. Or they sort of, we had another one in there, haven't we, who's in the series at the moment. He's just been forbidden from being a company director for 14 years because he's been less than truthful. Uh, somebody says here, as a lifelong Labour supporter... I could never in all conscience vote for them again until Jezza and Diane. I've sent my kid to private school, but you can't uh, Abbott go. It's their sheer arrogance that puts me off them. I see no humility. Well, can you imagine? I mean, really? 
you know, for, for sort of a Labour supporter to send a kid to a private school. And there's quite a lot of people who do that. There's quite a lot of people on the tone that go, so you're, you're a supporter, are you, of the Labour? Yes. And your kids go to private school? Yes, because I want them to have the best. That's what people do. You know, but, I mean, it's, it's amazing. They all do them. In fact, do you remember Diane Abbott's son phoned LBC years ago? We remember. I was here when he phoned up and he was talking about the private school he went to. And uh, the presenter, I can't remember who the presenter was at the time, was saying, oh, right, and who are you? My mum's Diane Abbott. She didn't know he'd phoned the station. And he was, he was talking about going to private school and people are going, what? Diane Abbott's son went to private school? Yes. I mean, he, uh, he, he rang a radio phone-in, which was us, of course, and um, uh, she's not a hypocrite. She just put what I wanted first. But, uh, because James rang this thing, and this was back in 2003... He was twelve. I know. He was twelve. I remember. I remember. He says, "If I wanted to go to a state school, then my mum would have let me go to a state school." Yes, but she's the hypocrite. You were twelve then as well. Lovely. How old are you now then? So two. I can't work out the age group. On what does that make you now? Twenty-five. Twenty-five. That's like the cool age, isn't it? Twenty-five. Go and drink by yourself. You know. Go and eat food and sort of, you know, chicken dippers and stuff. And um, so, I mean, of course she's a hypocrite because she's been strongly critical about people. In fact, you know, she criticised Harriet Harman and Tony Blair over their choice of school for the children. Did exactly the same, but got caught out by her own son. The hypocrite. There you go. See, visited St. Petersburg uh, this year. Minus 21 degrees before we arrived. Then it warmed up to minus 15 how lovely. Walking on a frozen canal was a memorable experience. Fabulous city. Visited the tombs of the Imperial family and the St. Peter's. And uh, they've got white marble coffins behind the black iron grills. You need about uh, three days to see all the treasures. And uh, we never actually got to the island to see the Catherine Palace, which is supposed to be really spectacular, says Chris. Yes, in fact, if you go to Vienna, you can see the same uh, for the Imperial family of Austria. Uh, the Habsburgs, they're buried in a crypt, and that's, again, another tourist attraction. You never thought that these places would be tourist attractions, would you? But uh, but they are. They are, and people go there, and if I was going there to St Petersburg, I would want to go and see the same thing that, uh, that you'd seen as well. Uh, Mark says, uh, you sound like you have a soft spot for George Michael. Absolutely not. Couldn't stand Wham. Couldn't stand the music of George Michael. So there you go. You've obviously misinterpreted completely. No, no, no. Absolutely not. No, definitely not. Never. You won't find any George Michael records in my collection. Mantovani and uh, a few other people like that. And the, uh, what else have we got? There's some Winifred School Choir, but nothing by George Michael. I just never got it. I just never got it. I'm sure he was fantastic, but... uh, Nothing to do with uh, the music of Steve Allen. So you've got to listen. How many spelling mistakes have we got here? Because generally we actually get loads of spelling mistakes from Mark. He apparently sorts people's tax out, poor soul, but can't spell. So he's obviously booked spell check-in now, so it makes it a lot easier. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Sunday morning. Are we ready for the marathon? Are we ready? Do not drive in central London. Do not dr- In fact, actually, i tell you what I'm going to do. Uh, we're going to find out what the marathon route is. And so then I can sort of let you know, don't, I mean, just avoid central London because they're going to be down the Mall. So that's going to take in Trafalgar Square. That's got to be Whitehall, hasn't it? They're going to be coming over one of the bridges down there, I'm assuming. So it starts at about nine o'clock this morning. 
And there's going to be about 40,000 people pounding the streets. So there's going to be, they reckon about 800,000 people will line the route, mainly to depress themselves that they can't do it themselves. I'll be one of those standing there going, go on. I'll be standing there just to really annoy them eating a bacon sandwich or something like that. Toasted sausage sandwich, please. Very nice indeed. Um, and so uh, do not come into central London unless you're coming in by public transport. If you're going to come in by public transport, nearest station, I suppose, is going to be, uh, isn't it going to be somewhere around Waterloo, something like that? And they're just walking over the bridge. I mean, it's it's just, it's a, a wave of people, a wave of people. I mean, we, we've got reporters who'll be out there covering it. And it's, it's I mean, it, I think it's great for people who do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I wish I could, actually. One of these days, I'd love to actually do something something like that. Uh, what have we got here? I'm coming a quick look in the paper. Fly the flag with pride. Sadiq Khan says, enjoy St George's Day, the celebration. You see, I don't know. I'm not sure about St George's Day. I know it sounds odd, doesn't it? But every time I think that, I think football. I don't think Britain, because it's the St George's flag. But they're going to have all sorts of things. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, got excited then. The Feast of St George. That'll be burgers and kebabs, I should imagine. I don't know anything about St George, but I'm sure he's absolutely wonderful. Uh, Ed Sheeran. It's considering retiring for music to live a normal family life. It is possible. That's what um, uh, Ryland wants. But as I say, for him, it'll just be enforced on him. Uh, Ed will be making the decision by himself and uh, and wants to do it. Rag and Bone Man, big fan, actually, of uh, Alexander O'Neill. Big fan of Alexander O'Neill. Uh, also, uh, one in five Muslim at Killer's Jail, Britain's ultimate terror cell. Belmarsh is the headquarters for ISIS. Uh, Rod Stewart's bought a new house. He's selling his old house. If I'd won the lottery, I'd have bought it. Uh, 6.95 million. And he's bought another place, uh, which is an old mansion. It comes with loads of land, actually. He's got a lake, his uh, his own football pitch, because Rod likes his football pitches. And at the age of 72, still plays football, still loves it, which is great. Also, um, gag-free Brad, beyond a joke. Gary Bushell writing in the Daily Star today. He says, getting variety right is harder than juggling flaming clubs whilst riding a bike along a circus tightrope. Variety is not umpteen singers plus a tap dancer, or in the case of their Palladium shows, four musical acts, two pointless audience participation games and a magician. What happened to gag-telling comedians, impressionists, jugglers, ventriloquists, sword-swallowers, acrobats and the rest? IT filmed the incredible Chinese state circus and dropped them for an a cappella group. Duh. They should have axed the lousy puppets, he said, instead. Bradley Walsh is terrific, but why not let him open with jokes? And they've got, uh, you know, I mean, reported missing on these things. People like Bobby Davra. Well, maybe not Bobby Davra. Uh, Brian Connolly, Joe Longthorne. You know, but unfortunately, the bookers at ITV are about 12. They don't know who any of these people are. They think, oh, let's put something. Oh, we, we managed to get Vicky Patterson. Sorry. Vicky Patterson. And uh, we think Gemma Collins could sort of waddle on stage. Right. No, don't, 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 don't bother with those ones, dear. It'll be an awful lot easier to find some proper talent out there. Because there is talent out there. You know, ask Bradley Walsh, for goodness sake. He'll be telling you where it all is. It's just that when you've got little bookers of about 12... They don't know who anybody is. They've got no idea. They don't know anything about variety. They don't know anything about comics. Look at a proper variety show. It was made up of comedians and jugglers. Special acts. Special acts. They were, they were the good ones here. Uh, the Mail on Sunday today... This is uh, Tory lead slashed in half after tax U-turn. 
And uh, they've said here a servation poll for the Mail on Sunday puts Conservatives on 40%, Labour on 29 and Lib Dems and UKIP level about 11%, which means that Mrs May's lead over Jeremy Corbyn has nearly halved in four days, a poll immediately after she called the, uh, the election. Because we don't want anything going up, do we? That's the whole idea. I don't want to pay any more tax, thank you very much indeed. I think we're actually paying uh, an awful lot as it is. And, and I don't want to send foreign aid. That makes me mean, doesn't it, really, not to want to send foreign aid to other countries. But to be honest with you, the countries we're sending it to, most of this stuff gets thieved. It's just uh, ridiculous. Uh, Also, uh, this is uh, American Airlines at the centre of a major storm after its staff snatched a child's buggy from a young mother on a plane and hit her with it in the process. And I'm sorry to laugh. It just goes from bad to worse, doesn't it, for United, poor souls. Video taken moments after the confrontation on board the flight from San Fran to Dallas showed a row between crews, several passengers, and the crying mother who was cradling her child. Because if you cry, you get more money, especially if it's caught on film. Because they do do that. I mean, you get people who sort of just go for something and think, oh, for goodness sake. What is she doing with a buggy on a plane anyway? I mean, what can you do with a buggy on a plane? You can't... You don't, you'd have the kids sitting in the seat, don't you? Or on your lap. If you haven't paid for it, it sits on... That's how I assumed it worked. Also, Friday, tennis's nasty Nastasi and sexism storm as he pesters UK women's captain. And yesterday, he's banished from court after a, a bit of an outburst that reduced our number one player to tears. Oh, God, what is the matter with everybody nowadays? If in doubt, burst into tears. Somebody said you were fat. <laughs> Can't have your breasts reduced. <laughs> Jeremy Corbyn's not going to win. <laughs> really? You know, that's how it goes nowadays, isn't it? Only Yvette, they say, can save her party from oblivion. Uh, a Labour MP, but you'll always find these. We stand a better chance without Corbyn as leader. He's not standing down. He's already said he's not going to stand... Mind you, they say that now, don't they? I think sometimes people change their uh, their thing. Uh, somebody says here, I voted Labour for 30 years, but on June the 8th, I must vote for Mrs May. This is where you're going to get the, the alignment. Mind you, even the mirror, as I've said this morning, they're, they're just basically sticking the knife into, um, into Corbyn. They're saying, that you know, why shouldn't the leader, leader of the Labour Party be a woman? Well, it'd be a good idea. Hospital ignored warnings about rogue consultant for five years. And this is um, a rogue doctor harmed dozens of cancer patients because hospital chiefs ignored whistleblower warnings about him for five years. This was a urologist. Nurses repeatedly voice concerns. What do they do? Nothing. Nothing. Useless. Absolutely useless. Amazing now. I mean, not only can you get benefits and keep them for years and years because nobody checks. You just go in there and go, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of trying it. I'm thinking of taking in the producer and going, he's my carer and uh, I can barely move and he has to help me with everything. And then they just give us money and we keep it for about 10 years. And, and then we go, ha, 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 ha. You know, and, that, and that's it. The nanny who says she was seduced by Mel B. Told you it's going to get messy. It's going to get worse. It's going to get really, really bad, this one. You're going to end up, you're not, you're, you're going to be really, really not uh, not in anybody's camp, I think, on this one. There's no, you know, if people say, oh, definitely this is fine and this is, and I'm thinking, no, it's not. No, it's not. We've heard the rumours for years, for years and years and years. Uh, teens blast adults for using phones too much. We do use phones too much, don't we? We cannot, we cannot live without our telephones. We are addicted to our telephones. They, they, they become the umbilical cord of your life. Without your telephone... Who are... Nobody. Where do you make phone calls? Phone box. Sorry? Phone box. Yes, you stand there, freezing cold, with somebody standing outside saying, are you going to be much longer? 
We've got phone boxes in Twickenham like there's no tomorrow. We've got them for disabled people, like we're the disabled town of um, of sort of Middlesex, which we're not, really. It's it's really bizarre that we've got four disabled phone boxes. I've never seen anybody using one. People have got mobile phones now. Nobody wants phones. I keep asking the council, how long does it take you to put four pieces of glass in a listed phone box? Apparently, years, according to the council. I've never known such a slow council. Ridiculous. Fur coat worn on the Titanic. I love that idea that it's still around. That something like that is still around. Uh, Mrs Bennett, who uh, who had this coat, she was in her nightdress. Uh, she was a stewardess. Uh, she put the coat on as she boarded the lifeboat. And uh, she died in 74. She was 96. The longest living female member of crew passed it on. It had been on uh, on display in America, but it went for £150,000. It's nice, isn't it? Uh, also, every contestant dreams of winning Britain's Got Talent, but Julia Carlyle, she was born with curvature of the spine or scoliosis, and uh, she needs surgery and everything. So, mate, they've all got stories. Have you noticed? Nobody just comes on and goes, da-da, juggle, oh, juggle, a flaming wand, juggle, juggle, fire, fire eating, uh, rabbit from hat, ah, rabbit from hat. Everybody's got to have a story. If you haven't got a story, you're nobody. You're absolutely nobody. You've got to have history. You've got to have history. If you haven't got history, you've had it. Mystery is Fat Boy's Cafe is panned in a vendetta. It used to be showered with accolades, but now DJ, DJ Fat Boy Slim. I never understood why he was called Fat Boy Slim, because he was never fat, was he? I don't think so. Anyway, he's taken over the, uh, the Big Beach Cafe near his home in Hove. Uh, he took it over from Heather, uh, Paul, Paul McCartney's ex-wife, Heather Mills. I mean, it was a turkey with her. They never had any food in. It was just a complete waste of time. Uh, now it's been a, a popular local hangout. But recent postings suggested the business is chaotic and unhygienic. And uh, former, former members of staff, they think that he's uh, sacked, have been trying to sort of get onto line and put things down on there. Because you can do that, can't you? It's very easy to put something down fake if you've really got a vendetta. And that's what they've, uh, they've done with that. I know exactly where the place is because I've, uh, I've been there before. I've been there before. How to catch a cheat? Yes, Anthea. Oh, my God. Hello. Smiley, smiley. Carol, smiley, but Anthea Turner. And um, she's uh, was spying on her ex's text. This is old... Uh, this is Grant Boffy. We all remember what a plank he was. She checked his sat-nav. She tracked his bike rides. She became Miss Marple. Yes, Anthea Turner tried to expose her husband's lies. Now you can read her advice to all suspicious spouses. Yeah, just that you were particularly dumb and you got caught out by it. Everybody else saw through it ages and ages ago. Taken four long years to recover her inner strength. Oh, God save me, please, from Anthea Turner. Can't you just disappear and go and fold some towels somewhere or do something, darling? The pioneers who launched a surrogate service to help desperate couples, I find them deeply disturbing. I don't like them at all. They had a television programme that came out some time ago. And this is the uh, the gay dads. And I thought they'd disappeared to America, taking the children with them. And uh, it turns out they're back again, because their headquarters in here is in, uh, is in Essex. And um, it's uh, surrogacy that they're involved with. It's completely unlicensed. And uh, they do rent-a-womb. And then one, one desperate client wrote, and then one of them wrote back, Barry Drew Lit Barlow. And um, he says, on one of them... Uh, at Gay Dads. You're not fit to parents, so I refuse to help you. You have serious mental health issues that need working out. Just the kind of thing you want to read to pick. They're not pleasant, are they? One of them seems okay. The other one's really quite nasty. But there you go. 
sure somebody somewhere likes them. If only we could find them. Perhaps it's the children. Perhaps it's... But I'm sure they were going to America. I'm sure I remember watching this programme thinking, thank God for that, we've lost them. They finally disappeared abroad. Now they've obviously come back again. And uh, you want value in Venice? Would you ever want to live in a place that's disappearing under the water? No, but I quite fancy the idea of living there. But don't ever buy a place that needs doing, a palazzo in Venice, uh, that needs doing up. And they go, it's a, it's a project. Because remember, everything arrives in on water. OK, now everything arrives, it's, it's going to take forever. OK, just I'm just offering you that crumb of comfort because that came out in a magazine I read the other day. They said, if you're thinking about buying in Venice, make sure it's all finished. Don't buy a project because you'll be sitting there for donkey's years. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. So the Queen celebrates uh, 91 years looking as perfect as always. Uh, she went to Newbury races, still smiling, still happy. Still getting out there and doing it. Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, the mayor has reclaimed the flag. This is uh, Sadiq Khan. Uh, so they've had uh, things in, you know, I think they just fight, they rope in tourists. Can you dance around with a flag or something like that? And we'll all get very excited about it. My husband, Bob Steve, is running the marathon for a small charity. He's lost five stone in weight, hoping to finish around four hours, says Lisa. Oh, God. Four hours. I don't know how people have got the energy. Walking down the stairs tires me out. Four hours. That's brilliant. Uh, and also, Simon is running for Alzheimer's. His dad's got dementia. He's doing it for him. Listens to you every day, says Vanessa. Thank you. So, good luck. Uh, I'd love to see Joe Longthorne on with Bradley Walsh. That's what I call true entertainment. We get such mediocre entertainment nowadays. Well, we don't really get any entertainment, do we? Most of the stuff that's turned up on Britain's Got Talent has been around about three times before, and it was boring first time round. Uh, phone box link. Here we go. Let's grab onto anything, shall we? This is detectives investigating phone calls made from a telephone box in Praia de Luche in a bid to trace a man acting suspiciously shortly before Madeleine McCann disappeared. I should imagine everybody's acting suspiciously. Anyway, uh, this woman phoned up the police and made formal statements. She said the strange man looked similar to a photo fit of a suspect, so the uh, public prosecutors ordered all phone records for the call box to be checked in an effort to find the man who's never been traced. Of course not, because he doesn't exist. I mean, they realise this. Are they completely stupid, these people? You're never going to find anybody who's connected to this thing. You know, now, after all these years, ten years later, now we're checking the phone records of a phone box. Why weren't they checked first time round? Because they're incompetent, that's why. Ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, it really just gets ludicrous. It really does. Uh, also, the um, the Daily Express are saying today... Sunday Express, do beg their pardon. Um, this exclusive poll shows the party faithful will desert Corbyn. There's very little support for Mr Corbyn, is there? He must be feeling slightly henpecked, to say the least. They say one in seven Labour voters will turn Tory. Wow. You think that many? Tory lead slashed in half, say the uh, the Mail today. The Daily Star, we want Reese Killer to see our pain. This is the grieving parents of murdered 11-year-old Reese Jones, who want his killer to face the horror that he caused. As a new TV drama, Little Boy Blue recreates the tragedy. His mum says, our pain will never go. It never does. It never does. Not if it's the case of a, of a child. And that's on the front of the people as well. Reese's... Uh, Reese Jones's pal breaks his silence. Also, Fernan Lover planning baby. The star's secret seedy past. He made gay films, apparently. Dear, honestly, it never gets better, does it, on the sun? Just when you think to yourself, Sunday will actually have something nice. I mean, the only sort of saving grace is the fact that we've got the marathon and lots of people are raising money. They've got to finish it. They don't finish it, they don't get the money. And so there'll be lots of people in the... Ma and then there'll be 40,000 people dispersing 
and some of them be run. It'll take hours. If that one you heard a minute ago is four hours for it. So they get set up at 9, 10, 11, 12. That's one o'clock this afternoon. And that could be one of the speedier ones. They'll be coming in forever and a day. And be, well, I, I like all the people dressed up. Because you always think to yourself, it's bad enough trying to run this match. There are those professional runners who will do it easy peasy, lemon squeezy. And there are those people, you know, the ordinary people like me, who would sort of plod along and eventually get there and wrap themselves in a blanket and collapse. And then there's people who will be dressed up to raise money for different charities. And there'll be people running us all sorts of things. And they get the coverage on the television because it's a fun day out. It's not. It's blooming difficult. It's blooming difficult. It really is. It's, you've got to be really fit to do it. I know a guy called Dave, who used to be in this building up until a short while ago. And uh, he's running today. He's running today. So I wish him the best of luck. And uh, if you're running and you're trying to raise money for charity, good luck. Good luck. Raise as much money as possible. Uh, the Sun this morning. Stacey's got new jailbird. This is... Um, she dumps pedo for Bolton bad boy. These people just lurch from one disaster to another. TV ferns pregnant by acid fugitive. This is Arthur Collins. The police have now got him. Uh, somebody must have dobbed him in. I can't see unless he gave himself in. But apparently she's... Um, and then they've got people talking about it as if she really is pregnant, whereas the other papers are saying she spoke about wanting to get pregnant. I mean, she hasn't just done the interview, hasn't she, with OK Magazine about they're going to get married. Yeah, right. Now apparently she's ditched him. So he is ex-boyfriend. Ex-boyfriend. Uh, Johnson's lover is Stacy. Out with another bad boy. It's amazing. These these people, as I say, seem to lurch from one disaster to another. Cara Delevingne uh, snogging somebody. But don't worry, it's a bloke, so it's not real. Because uh, she's gay and she's making a film. So you have to do things like that. You have to sort of, you know, you act. That's what acting is. You have to sort of pretend to be somebody else. <coughs> the mega showbiz divorce. I mean, it's just... You know, somebody's going to be exposed in this thing. This is going to get just really, really messy. Now, the, the ex-nanny, and uh, it's it's interesting because this is some of the things that was said. I'll, I'll just tell you this now. Uh, Mel said, Stephen forced me to have threesomes. Lorraine said, this is the nanny, we had threesomes when Mel invited Stephen into the bedroom. Mel said, Stephen made Lorraine a pretty young rival to undermine me. Lorraine says, I was having sex with Mel for seven years. And um, Mel says Stephen was having sex with Lorraine. Lorraine says I never had sex with Stephen without Mel there. Uh, Mel said Stephen got Lorraine pregnant and forced her to have an abortion. Lorraine says I got pregnant from a one night stand. Mel says Stephen paid Lorraine £300,000 for nanny services over three years. Lorraine says there's no evidence of this. I was paid on a salary basis. And... Um, Mel said in January 2015, I fired Lorraine, but was forced to rehire her by Stephen. Lorraine says I left in 2014. I was rehired in January at Mel's request. It's going to get messy. Very, very messy. And they're not get, nobody's going to be happy in this, uh, in this thing. They're really not. They're, they're just going to be completely miserable and we're going to see it played out and we're going to we're going to be watching it from the outside. Always the safest way to do anything like that. Lots of pictures of, uh, of Corbyn, uh, Jeremy Corbyn meeting the public in Crew in the Market Square there yesterday. That's front page of the Observer, the Sunday Telegraph. Corbyn puts UK at terror risk. Uh, Britain would not be safe under Jeremy Corbyn, says the Telegraph, because he cannot take the difficult decisions needed in the event of a terrorist attack. Uh, May, Theresa May, stokes fears that she is planning to raise taxes. That'll not be a, a winning uh, thing, will it, at all? 
Also, uh, charities hail the Harry effect. Apparently, mental health charities have reported a doubling in the number of people contacting them for help after Harry's revelations about his own struggle. And uh, and the Times, Sunday Times, May parks her battle tanks on Labour's lawn. Debbie Harry says, I'll go naked on stage now. Please don't. OK, we don't want to see, I don't want to see anybody else naked on stage. It's so unnecessary. Do you know they're booking for the pantomime at the London Palladium for Christmas? The tickets have gone on sale. I could tell you Julian Clary and Paul Zerdin and Nigel Havers so far. A whole raft of other names. They just haven't cast them yet. But uh, tickets are on sale for the pantomime. Fantastic. Don't forget, this evening, in conversation, David Baddiel and Dawn O. Porter. Not the advertised name, OK? Uh, don't forget, you can listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you are. Just go to the LBC website, which is lbc.co.uk. You download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet, which means you never miss a moment. And Monday through Friday, I do a free podcast for you where we're terribly rude about celebrities in a tongue-in-cheek way. Leading Britain's conversation at 10... Apparently she might be in a good mood today. I doubt it, though. It's Katie Hopkins. But now, with breakfast on LBC, it's Andrew Castle. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.